Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. Good morning. Um, I just want to ask the Lord of something. Father, I ask that your words be spoken through me. You are my Lord, my God. And may the ears of those who are hearing my voice hear only your words. Jesus, amen. Amen. So I get to cook out this new little mini-series we have, and it's called True Love. And I thought, how appropriate, because... You know, in a few days, most of us, most of us, will be celebrating Valentine's Day. But as I considered Valentine's Day, I realized, well, I, I really don't know what the reason for this celebration is or the roots of this are. So I began an investigation. And it, it always amazes me um, to discover the roots of some of the holidays we celebrate. So I'm going to share with you a little bit of what I found. First, I found out that what the exact date or the exact root of Valentine's Day is unknown. That's a shock to begin with, right? Um, but most historians do agree that it is something that happened in the third century. And, um, hmm, it ended up at, at revolving around conflicts between governing authorities and religious authorities. Everybody, oh, ooh, no. Well, well, hmm. One account that is very popular and a lot of people land on it is that the um, third century Rome and the religious authorities, um, very strong in the Catholic Church, this Catholic priest, his name was Valentine. Now, we can attest to that because we have our own Valentines, don't we? And um, this priest defied Marcus Aurelius Claudius II, who was the emperor of Rome at the time. It seems that the emperor took in great note and determined that young unmarried men made far better soldiers than the ones who were married or had families. And we can all go, hmm. And with that reasoning, he determined, well, I know how to fix that. We'll outlaw marriage. Ha, yeah. So this Catholic priest, Valentine, he realized the injustice and foolishness of this decree the emperor made, so he continued to perform marriages in secret. Well, it didn't stay secret very long. And eventually, Valentine was found out, sent to prison, and in his anger from uh, the emperor, in the emperor's anger, he had him beheaded. Now, those who had been married by him wanted to celebrate him, so they kept sending notes, don't forget Valentine. Don't forget Valentine and what he, I mean, we're married because of what he did for us. That's one account. 
The other popular story is about a Catholic priest. I mean, that was the priest, a Catholic bishop. We're moving up the ladder a little bit. And this bishop was also named Valentine. And he was not in agreement with the government's way of handling people. And he was particularly um, drawn to the Christians who were being tortured and beaten in the Roman prisons. And they were going through such a thing simply because they were Christians. So Valentine would go in as if though he was going to, uh, you know, give them last rites or whatever they might desire. But instead he was sneaking them out and helping them to escape from prison. Well, when he was found out, he was thrown in prison. And when he was thrown in prison, one of the guard's daughters had taken great compassion upon the prisoners. And so she would come and visit Bishop Valentine. And while he was in prison, he fell in love with this daughter who was so kind to him. And so he found out he was about to be beheaded, and he wrote her this wonderful letter expressing his love for her. And he signed it, From Your Valentine. Ah, word of their love and the letter spread and it grew from there and other lovers began to send each other sweet little messages of their affections. In either one of those stories, the celebration was to commemorate Valentine and what they did and the day that they died. Or he died, whichever he you choose. But in... The astounding logic of the governing authorities, hmm, um, the date to celebrate Valentine's Day because it, it just could not be shut down. It was commemorated and they just kind of ignored it. But then they said, what are we going to do with this? Oh, I know. There is a pagan holiday called Lupercalia. Y'all remember Lupercalia, right? No. Okay, so it was determined that they would Christianize Lupercalia by calling it a moving Valentine's Day. Lupercalia was a celebration of fertility. So we blend fertility with love. Make you think of rabbits? I don't know. So the celebration changed its roots and became, shall we say, interesting. The new and improved Valentine's Day would have selected Roman priests go to the sacred cave and sacrifice a goat and a dog. Yes, yes, I said a sacred cave, a goat, and a dog. The goat, the goat was sent because his blood represented fertility. <laughs> I didn't want to even look that one up. But the next one's even worse because the dog's blood represented purification. Okay, so it was, it gets worse actually. The sacred cave is the cave where it was said that Remus and Romulus were brought up by the she-wolf. Mm -hmm. There's an image there for you. They are considered, yeah, yeah, 
with the dog and the cat, I mean the goat. So it is the sacred cave where they were brought up and they are considered to be the founders of Rome. They, that statue can actually be seen in Rome when you, if you visit there. Um, so this is what they would do. The priest would take the goat that was being sacrificed and the dog that was being sacrificed and take their bloods and blend it together. See, that's where the fertility and purification come in. And then they would take the, these, oh, at the sacred cave, of course. And then they would take these, uh, the hide of the goat and cut it into strips. And I told you it was going to get worse. And they would drip the strips into the mixed blood. <laughs> now the fun begins. Then they would take those strips and go around and slap it on the women who, yeah, yeah. But it was very careful to tell me, well, they didn't hit him hard. It was just a little love tap. And, and then they would do the same thing with the crop. Remember, fertility and purification. So they would do it on the crops. They'd go around and slap the crops with the goat hide dripped in dog and goat blood. Hmm. So um, then after this, yay, you know, you understand, hit me. You would take your name. Women would take, the fertilized women, would take their name and drop it into an urn in the center of the village. And then the men could come and pull out a name. And whoever they pulled out, they would spend the year together. And they were very careful to say, and sometimes it would result in marriage. Ah, Valentine, how romantic. <laughs> Over the centuries, the authorities came to realize, hmm, maybe some improvements are needed you think and because uh, they wanted the holiday to continue by using the same logic on and reasoning that had gotten us this far they applied it and they said okay it's an obvious answer we know what we need to add money if you add money to anything it always improves it do you know that and so they devised must have gifts to celebrate this very special holiday. Hmm, how about flowers, chocolates, greeting cards, restaurants, little jewelry trinkets? They, and believe me, all of them, all of where those things come from, cash in on Valentine's Day. <laughs> hey, listen, listen. Um, I, I'm not anti those things because you're wondering, well, why are you calling this true love, right? Because uh, none of that stuff. No, 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 no. I do occasionally enjoy the flowers and the restaurant. Uh, I'll share the chocolates with y'all, but um, I want to share with you something all the better, all the more. Because I can share with you the truth about love, that it can be celebrated every day, no matter what day it is. Um, no, no, I enjoy the love letters. I, I even have letters that were written to me by my father when he was 
in uh, serving in the war. They're special. Letters from my younger brother, who he sent them to me when I was in college. You can only imagine how cute those are and funny. And then, of course, the love letters I have received from my amazing husband. I call them my precious pearls of love. Um, but the love letters I enjoy the most and read over and over again are the ones the Lord sent. They reveal his love and care, his grace and kindness, his compassion and mercy all for me. They also reveal it for every one of you. So in the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 13, because throughout Scripture, in every letter, it expresses the love of our God. But I just chose this area just to kind of narrow it down. We're going to start with this verse. He said, Jesus is saying, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Now you have to just stop and drink on that for a moment, don't you? I mean, sometimes you really are thinking, okay, I would exchange for my husband. I would exchange for my, my siblings. I would exchange. I, would, I even told my dad, Dad, I, I, I have prayed to take your place. And then I got scolded because when, when he was dying of his blood disease. And it was, but it, I meant it sincerely. I really would. And um, when Jesus said that, I thought, friends, Lord? I mean, blood relatives, some of them. Um, you know, certainly husbands, certainly children. But friends? Wow. Now that's love. So let me tell you a little bit behind this uh, saying that Jesus did, give you background on this so we can knit this together. Son of God, son of man, Jesus. He's about three and a half years into his ministry. And he knew his earthly time was about to come to an end. And he would be leaving this world and returning to his father. And he was with the disciples, his friends. They had gathered together to celebrate a holiday that God had told them, you have to celebrate this. Um, they didn't have to make them up back then. God told them which ones, and they still do it to this day. And they were there to celebrate he tells, he tells his children, do this to remember. Do this. He commanded them to celebrate, to honor. And this one was Passover. And the group was seated at the meal, at cedar meal is what we would call it together. Um, they were all ready to eat and partake, to remember and honor Passover when Jesus stood up from the table. And he took off his robe. And he wrapped a towel around his waist. And he got a basin and he filled it with water. And he went around the table to wash their feet. 
That was just the beginning of a very interesting evening. Jesus began to speak to his friends and tell them things to come. He said he was going to be betrayed by one of them. Well, Peter argued with him about allowing him to wash his feet. Jesus told them, hey, it's soon I'm going to die, but don't worry. I'll come back. And he said, I'm going to give you Holy Spirit while I'm gone. Y'all know where I'm going. All of this is found in the uh, Gospel of John. If you start in 13 and go through 15, you will catch up with where we started. But I'm going to just take a few of them out to tell you why I chose this. He said in 14:15, if you love me, obey my commandments. Son of God, son of man, Jesus, his disciples had been with him for three years. Being a disciple didn't mean just hanging around with Jesus or any disciple they chose or that the disciple chose them to come along. It meant studying, watching, listening, becoming like him. They had seen some things. They had eaten meals together. They had heard him preach. They had walked together. They had encountered hardships together. They had watched how he did and what he did in every situation. They were disciples. They had seen him perform miracles, and he released them to do the same. Blind could see. Deaf could hear. Mute could speak. Even the dead rose to life. His disciples loved him. That's why he could say to them, hey, listen, if you, if you really love me, if you really have been a disciple, if you have really been watching and listening, obey my commandments. We know that all the disciples who were there loved him with all their heart and soul, their mind, their strength, but one. He, um, you know, he kind of liked him. We can't say that he didn't care about him, but he, he just kind of liked him. But you see, he had an agenda. He had an agenda, and when Jesus didn't seem to meet what he expected, ooh, we got to watch with that. When Jesus did not meet his expectations, he reverted back to his first love, power, and wealth. He had the power to betray him. I know how I can fix this. And he received for it 30 pieces of silver, wealth. And there at that supper, which we often refer to as the Last Supper, Jesus knew. He knew that. He knew all of that. Yet he went on to say this at that supper about love. 1421, I'm in the book of John. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. Those who accept my commandments 
and obey them are the ones who love him. You will hear people say they love Jesus and then act like the world straight from the bowels of hell. They can't be both ways. 1421 continued, and because they love me, my father will love them and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. We should at some point in time in our walk with the Lord have a revelation about him. And he promises not only his love, but his provision and even a gift. 1423, all who love me will do what I say. My father will love them and we will come and make our home with them. Provision. He's going to provide. He's going to give me what I need. And then he said in 27 of the same chapter, 14, I'm leaving you with a gift. Wait, hold up, Lord. You're going to love me, your father, whom we know. Remember, he was talking to people who had been brought up in the Jewish faith. They knew they had been chosen. They knew their God. They knew that they were not a people who had been made into a people to demonstrate the Lord and God. And everywhere they went and everything they did was shown by his power because they were his people. They kind of wore it as a pride. They kind of got him in trouble. So they knew when he, he said, I am of the Father. He is my Father. They knew who he was talking about. There was no problem with their understanding the depth of what he was saying. And then he says, I'm going to leave you a gift. We're being loved by you. We're being loved by the Father. We're going to be able to live with you. You're going to make room for us. You're going to come and live with us. And he says, I'm leaving you a gift. And here's the gift. Peace of mind and heart. Wow. Okay. How many have ever transgressed against the peace of mind? Come on. Yeah. And we have, oh, wait, I've got that gift. I have that gift. I don't have to worry. I don't have to get all about this because I have peace of mind and heart. And it comes from the understanding and the realization and the knowledge that my God loves me. Oh, by the way, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. It really doesn't come through that house or that car or that salary, that toothpaste, whatever they try to sell you, that if you had this, everything would be good in your life. So don't be troubled or afraid. That's what we struggle with a lot. We struggle with being troubled. Hurry up. Go slower. Don't get that. Get that. Afraid? Hmm. This is a group of men who walked in the dark because <laughs> they didn't have street lamps. In John 15, verses 9 through 13. He really starts to power punch it as if though it wasn't before. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. 
remain in my love? We know that God loves Jesus. Would everybody say yes to that? He says it's the same. It's the same. But you have to remain in it. Do you know what that tells me if he tells us remain in it? It means we can get out. We can do it. He didn't go anywhere. We do. I'm supposed to stay on that carpet. I made a willful choice. We make willful choices to think that we can take care of whatever the problem is before us. Yeah, God, I'll come and tap in if I need you. And we usually need him when it's all crashed over us. He goes on to say, when you obey my commandments, okay, it's not a conditional thing. It's not if. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obeyed my father's commandments and remained in his love. There's something we have to figure out here. We don't drive through, grab something, and go on. We stay there in his love. He goes on. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. <laughs> Remember I told you he's saying all this because he knew his time was coming to an end. He knew he was about to suffer. One of the most cruel ways a man can be killed, known to mankind. I have, I have studied the crucifixion, and we have actually, in our great logic and reasoning, been able to top even more pain and ugliness than the crucifixion. But the crucifixion is still way up there. They actually suffocate naked, held by those stakes in their hands, their feet, wrists. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. Do you know what he had to obey? His will. Not my will, Lord, because I've been a human now for 33 years, and I don't, I don't really want to go through that. I mean, I got a thorn in my foot one time, and that hurts. I cannot imagine what he had to face. He didn't have to imagine. He knew, and he still chose to obey. I've told you these things so you'll be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. I wanted to tell you those things about the crucifixion so you will understand he's still filled with joy. And we so often confuse joy with happiness. Happiness is from the world. Joy has the peace. Joy has the tranquility. Joy remains in the love of God. And then he said, this is my commandment in verse 12. Love each other. In the same way, I have loved you. You know, you know they were knuckleheads. They were. I'll just say it. I mean, you guys can think it, but I'll say it. You know, they were arguing. I'm his favorite. 
I get to sit next to him when we get to heaven. Hey, mom, mom, can you come and tell him? How come I always have to do this thing? How come he doesn't always have to do that thing? Okay, like, you guys are looking at me like you have no idea, and you never done that yourself. I bet none of you have ever been upset with the rude cashier at the place you shop. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe it's her again. That woman is just full of poison. She can shoot it with her eyes. We struggle in those areas because we have reality. We have to understand what's the true reality for us. And he ended it with this. After saying all that, there is no greater love than to lay one's life down for one's friends. Wow, that just puts that all together, doesn't it? He wants us to understand what it means to truly love God, to truly love one another. And let me tell you what it does not mean. It does not mean giving you permission to go ahead and continue in your bad stuff. It's being able to step in and say, hey, brother, I don't really think you should do that. Hey, my sister, I love you so much. It's just breaking my heart to see you continue to do that. Please stop. I mean, you love Jesus. I know you do. But when you do that, it's like spitting on him. Powerful words spoken in his last Passover meal. Jesus not only told his friends that he loved him, but then he demonstrated it for them, for us. No greater love. Two hours, just a few hours, I said two, but it's really only hours after he said all this, he was placed on the cross. So how is this relevant to Valentine's Day? <laughs> yeah. Don't cancel your reservations if you have them. I'm not, I'm not asking you to do that. Um, I'm not anti-love. Flowers are lovely. Love letters are precious. And chocolates. Yeah, most of you like them. Um, the most wonderful gift is the one who shed his blood in love for us. That we don't have to take on the sin and the punishment of the sin. We don't have to choose sin. We can be made righteous. Be cleansed. Be called holy. Be given new life. Blood from a goat or dog, even if you mix them, cannot do that. Our names were not dropped into an urn to be picked out by some stranger. Our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. We are called Bride of Christ. And I want to just uh, bring it back around because, um, you know, Valentine's Day, they kind of hung around together. And you know what? The shame of it is, that's not so far-fetched these days. Well, let's hang together for a year, see what happens. We might get married. We might not. Um, speaking of marriage, 
For those who have been married, for those who are married, who those who want to be married, here's the love letter from our Lord and what he says about marriage in Ephesians. I'm going to read 22 through 25 and just let it soak in. He starts with the women. Wives. This means submitting. Okay, just kidding. This means submit to your husband like you're submitting to the Lord. All right, all right. I know the arguments. But he's not God. He just thinks he is. No, 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 no. God's talking to us, the women. It's not about him yet. Just submit. Submit. For a husband, he tells us why, is the head of his wife like Christ, as Christ is the head of the church. He is savior of his body, the church. As the church, mm, supposed to, come on, I know we will, I know we do. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husband in everything. I know, I know, I know. But let me get, let me power punch this with the, with the guys. Husbands, this means loving your wife like Christ loved the church. And you know what he did? He gave his life up for her. Whoa. And he did that to make her holy, clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. Husbands, lead your wife in the ways of the Lord. And use scriptures for that. Wives, if he's not there yet, you keep submitting and praying. God is faithful. This is love on a totally different level. In a marriage, it's decision and commitment. But is decision and commitment that Jesus gave to us as an example. And I want to just say this to end. May every day of your life be filled of the value you have in Christ Jesus. His love is your hope, your value, your eternity. Amen? Thank you. We're going to have communion now.